Hello and welcome to the Basketball Hunger Podcast. Today is an emergency episode. We're going to talk the collapse of the Suns, the rise of Luka and the Mavs, the Celtics and the Bucks epic seven-game series, along with Philly being screwed, Miami making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Let's get to it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Basketball Hungry Podcast. It's Drew coming at you with a special episode, an emergency pod, if you will, regarding the NBA playoffs. My goodness, the Phoenix Suns. They've been title favorites all year, and they just got demolished, embarrassed, outright made fun of, Luca laughing at them the whole time. Um, it was an awful showing for the Suns here. Uh, the Suns lose by, I don't even know what it was, 38 points, I think, to the Dallas Mavericks at home in a Game 7. Um, the Suns have been the title favorites all year. This might be the biggest collapse since, since what, 2007, the Dallas Mavericks, when they lost to the Golden State Warriors? Um, the, the Suns were 70-20 and 20 after Game 2 of the series when they were up 2-0. And Chris Paul does it again. They lose 0-2. They were 70-20, and they lost four of their last five. It's ridiculous. I don't I don't know what to tell you. We went over it in the strengths and weaknesses episode of our podcast that the Suns, you know, they barely had any weaknesses. We made a joke that the only weakness that the Suns have is Scott Foster. And and you know, maybe Chris Paul, and I don't know if that has something to do with Chris Paul being injured or whatnot, but let's face the facts, he didn't show up last night and neither did Booker. Um the the Dallas Mavericks game plan was amazing in trying to get Devin Booker to do everything he didn't want to do. They were waiting at the nail, basically the way that they would. the Celtics built the wall on Giannis. But, you know, they were just waiting for Booker. They said anyone but Booker, and that's exactly what happened. He was, I believe it was like 3 for 14 or something like that, 11 points. Not a great showing from Book. So, I mean, it made me think about if Book is more like a Carl Anthony Towns or maybe even a Donovan Mitchell type player than he is like of a Luka or a Tatum or even a John Morant because I think John Morant at this point is... Uh, probably better than Booker, um, and I would I would pick John Moran over Booker on my team. The other question here is, what do you do with DeAndre Ayton? Uh, DeAndre Ayton is entering his restricted free agency. Uh, do you let him walk? Uh, do you do you see if he wants to test the market and see if the Suns want to match any offers? Because you know this is unprecedented waters here. We haven't seen someone of his caliber of first first pick of the draft not extend that rookie contract and it, it, you know i don't know if it's going to cost him some money or maybe it'll make him in a weird way it'll make him more money because he'll be like oh well i need more money now because you know i don't want to come back here to the suns program and the suns franchise that you know is a bunch of chokers i don't know um but it, it's definitely interesting to think about uh if i were the suns i would probably bring back aiden and run it back uh but you know, Robert Sauver, owner of the Suns, it could have been, you know, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Maybe there were some racist remarks that are finally, you know, coming out uh, with the Robert Sauver investigation of the NBA. You know, they have, they've tried to, you know, really keep that under wraps really well. And I think the Suns, the Suns organization and Sauver himself have done, they've done a great job in hiding that fact, you know, that all these, these allegations are coming out with Sauver and whatnot. But, you know, at some point, you know, maybe it maybe it rubbed off on the team, and maybe the Suns just went into a tailwind, and you know they couldn't. Something happened, something came out, and the, the Suns just wanted to either. I don't know what it was because they they lost by they were down by forty in the third quarter. They they were this game was over at halftime, 
And, you know, I don't know if they threw the game for Sauber or whatnot, but, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's baffling because the Suns were so head and shoulders above the rest of the competition this year. Um, and, you know, you got to feel for the point God, is he, is he point God? Is he point fraud? I don't know. I, I don't know. But, you know, you got to feel for him not being able to, you know, run this finals run back. I mean, they went to the finals last year. Also, they went to the finals last year against um, AD less Lakers, a Jamal Murray less Nuggets, and a Kawhi less Clippers. So I don't know, maybe if that finals run was a fraud, but they were up 2-0 against the the Bucks, which they ended up choking that series too. But you know, it it, it comes back to the the point that you know the the Suns team, the Suns organization, or, or even just Chris Paul, are they winners? I don't know if that's the case. Chris Paul, so much pressure on him to come back and this might be his last run at a at a championship and you know he finally finally gets like the number one seed and he's like he's the favorite he's ready to go make himself a champion and do all that and against this this Dallas team who honestly is not that stacked I mean they're they're solid Luka is amazing um and Dinwiddie came through in the clutch in game seven and you know Jalen Brunson is obviously emerging you know the the Suns team should have won the series they should have won the series for sure um, you know, Robert Sovereign, it's not off the table for him to reboot this team. It's not, it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's out of the cards. You know, do they even trade, do they trade Chris Paul? He, he's still 37, going to be 38 next year. You could have, if he's not hurt now, you could have definitely seen that his body, it didn't hold up to this, this playoff run. I mean, he had some great moments in this playoff run. He was hunting Luca in that, I think it was game one or game, I think game two, had 14 out of 14 against the Pelicans and, you know, basically performance of his life, you know, pushed the the Suns into the next round. Um, but, you know, his his playoff record isn't great. You know, I mean, not, it's not not that it isn't great, but it's actually horrible. He, he's choked so many series. The fifth time that he's blown a 2-0 lead. And, you know, the Chris Paul slander is people are going to make their jokes and they're going to have fun. But, you know, Chris Paul brings so much nuance to the team that he's on and that you know, sometimes it just doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but his quote-unquote leadership and his quote-unquote, you know, Chris Paul mentality and trying to get the best out of every situation, try to make the most out of every team, it's great, but I think we have to realize that at some point, you know, there's a cap to that, there's a ceiling. And, you know, Chris Paul can bring a bad team and make them good, but can he make them champions? I don't know. If we haven't seen it yet. And, you know, it's, it's a great thing and it's a great feat to have to bring the Suns team who they went to the finals last year and this year they're the best record in the league but uh, I mean he's he's a 6'1 if that 6 foot guard he's a small guard who doesn't have superhuman strength and powers like Giannis or LeBron right so it's going to be hard for him to carry a team all the way to the finals and to the championship and you know we've seen that time and time again um it, it's interesting cuz I had a lot of friends um who had big money on the Suns that win the championship and you know top 5 offense top 5 defense efficiency all year Again, I mean, second round exit. So, I mean, it, it's it's baffling to say the least. Uh, let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks, who played their asses off last night. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. No one wanted him on the Wizards. He comes over here. I mean, who who would have thought that this Porzingis trade would have so much effect on the 2022 championship? I mean, if you go back months ago, like, oh, cool, Porzingis is off the off the Mavs, but that didn't, you know, we didn't think that it would have this much effect to like basically sway the championship and and you know we saw Spencer Dinwiddie go off for 30 or whatever um in game seven Jalen Brunson came in came in firing on all cylinders in the second half 
Um, and of course, Luca. I mean, a maestro performance. Twenty-seven points in the first half. It basically, if it was Luca against the Suns, one on five, it would have been Luca twenty-seven and the Suns twenty-seven, and then Luca made a three in the first in the beginning of the third. So it was he was up thirty to twenty-seven against the whole team. So it it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, Lil Wayne was sitting front row. It, it was just you know, Luca took that uh, Luca Ho tweet <laughs> personally, I guess, because you know Luca out here. You know, staring down the fans, laughing at the Suns, you know, just basically mocking them and saying that none of them can guard him, which was facts. Like, nobody could guard Luka. So, I mean, do you think the Mavs, I mean, I guess I'm asking myself this here, but do you think the Mavs might actually keep Brunson? I mean, I guess it depends on if they get through this Warriors round and if they actually win the championship, which, you know, I've been thinking at some point that they could, especially if it's Luka or or Jokic, a heliocentric team could actually win a championship Uh and I think the way the NBA is going, it just seems that like the super, the era of super teams are so dead, and you know it doesn't matter the names on the back of the jersey unless it, it really matters the chemistry and the fit, right? And I think that's what's what's most important. Um, looking ahead here, the Mavs are going to have to play the Warriors, uh, who just beat the Grizzlies in six games. First thought is I don't know who's going to guard Luca. Like, is is it Wiggins? Because I don't. Do you trust Wiggins against Luca? We saw Mikael Bridges get eaten alive by Luca, so that means could it could it be Draymond Green? And if it's Draymond Green, who's keeping Dorian Finney-Smith off the boards? I I I know it's not Kevon Looney because Kevon Looney's not going to be able to go out there and contest all these Dorian Finney-Smith wing and corner threes, and Luca is going to spray it out to Dorian Finney-Smith. He's going to spray it out to Kleba, who's a ama- uh, uh, my God, Kleba's blocks last night was just. I mean, these guys that the, these Mavs. Role players are really, really, really stepping up, um, and you know I, I don't, I don't know if, if anyone can guard Luca on this on this Warriors team. And of course, the the Mavs are going to have to withstand the Warriors avalanche, like we saw in Game Six against the Grizzlies, where you know Dylan Brooks makes that step back three in the corner, and I think the score is eighty seven, eighty six Grizzlies, and then all of a sudden the Warriors are up ten, and then the game is over because the Warriors are up by thirty in a minute. Uh, it, at least that's what it seems like, and it's just the Warriors have these these waves, these avalanches of just points that it's it's hard to keep up. But you know, if you could just withstand and keep it close, and then maybe the best player will win um, in that series, and maybe maybe Dallas has a chance. Uh, or if, if, is Luca even the best player in that series? Is is it Curry? Is it is it Jordan Poole? No, I'm just playing. But <laughs> uh, I mean, speaking of the best player um, not beating the best team. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks. You know the the Celtics. You know as much as I said it, and as much as I keep getting keep getting flack for it, but I'm gonna say it again. The Celtics built that wall against Giannis, um, and it finally finally paid off in Game Seven. I mean, there wasn't a play so many times where Giannis was basically surrounded by five Celtics, right? And we're not necessarily talking about a wall where they like all stand in front. Obviously not, but. The fact that Giannis can, you know, basically the Celtics didn't worry about anyone else that Giannis was going to pass it to. Giannis was just basically just going to force his way like a raging bull into the paint. And, you know, if he got a shot off, great. And most of the time those go in. But for Giannis in Game 7, it didn't because too too much pressure, too much weight on his shoulders, man. There, there wasn't enough to relieve the pressure. Chris Middleton, if he's in that series, then, you know, it might be a different story. But Giannis could kick it out, maybe spray it out to, to Chris get some easier buckets, get some buckets where the Bucks are going cold and Giannis isn't, you know, being able, isn't able to get into that paint. You could let Chris Middleton work from the perimeter. You could let him, you know, 
drive and kick himself and then maybe get Giannis on a second drive to the basket or a second cut. Uh, Drew Holiday, you know, he he was close in doing that sometimes, but it, it was nearly not enough, nearly not as consistent. Um, although I will say Drew Holiday's two blocks or his block and his steal in game five, absolutely absurd. I mean, that first block against Marcus, I, I mean, I don't even know which one is is more demoralizing for Marcus, but I mean, it obviously it didn't work out that way because Marcus came back, had a great game in game six and game seven, but the fact that Drew Holiday blocked his shot, kept the ball in bounds, threw it off of Marcus, and then had the Bucks gain the possession back to get the Bucks to have the ball. It, it was it was probably one of the best blocks I've ever seen. It was it was. I mean, I don't know if that one's better than Bam Bam Adebayo blocking Tatum at the rim to get to the to the finals, or is it the conference finals? I'm not sure. But in 2020 in the bubble, but geez, that 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 Drew Holiday has freaking hands of vibranium to be able to get that. And then he comes back the next play. Marcus Smart is dribbling up the floor. Tatum is wide open on the side. And, you know, Giannis is waiting on that pass. So maybe maybe Smart can't get the ball there. But, I mean, the, the coach and Milwaukee are probably thinking, like, oh, do we foul? Uh, like, what do we do here in this situation? And Drew's just like, I'm just going to steal it. I'm going to end this game in game five. And, you know, at that point, we you know, a lot of people thought that the Bucks had this series. They're up 3-2. All they have to do is win one of the next two games. But Boston... You know, their shot making, their defense on Giannis, and and ultimately Giannis having enough help on the perimeter made made Boston be able to win, you know, game six, like, barely. And then game seven was, was I mean, it was a great game, and especially in the first half and the, towards the, the first three quarters, I was expecting Milwaukee to somehow make a run there. But, you know, Boston just held him off. Grant, Grant Batman Williams, you know, he, he shot 18 threes. He was seven for 18 from three, but, you know, Maybe it's time for Milwaukee to go back to the drawing board here and, you know, question if giving up threes and packing the paint is the best option for you because, you know, Milwaukee, you got beat once again and, you know, they they tried to defend their championship, which was fine, you know. I, I love 2021 Giannis MVP 50-point, you know, closeout game. That's great and all, right? But at the end of the day, sometimes the way you defend a championship it kind of, you know, solidifies your legacy in, you know, that first championship that you won. Um, there's some exceptions like Dirk and the 2011 Mavs and um, whatnot. But to me, it didn't seem that the Bucks were going to win the series, like, from the beginning. Giannis just, we knew that Giannis didn't have enough help. And the Celtics had more more shooting. They had more shot creators. And they had just as good of a defense, if not better, as the Bucks. So, yeah, they have the defensive player of the year, which Drew Holiday was probably mad at. <laughs> um, and we saw that in Game 5. But, you know, Marcus Smart is amazing at taking charges. It definitely affected Giannis and bullying his way in there. Grant Williams did an amazing job on Giannis, one-on-one guarding him until, you know, the help defenders finally could come. And, I mean, sure, if, if Wes Matthews or Brooke Lopez or Grayson Allen is going to make 23s a game, then, you know, maybe they won't help off as much. But Giannis just didn't have enough help in this game, in this series. And, you know, that's why the the better team beat the better player. Unlike the Mavs and the Suns, where the better the better player beat the better team. Uh, I'm gonna stay in the Eastern Conference and talk Philly and Miami. Um, well, let's just give props to to Miami first of all. They're good. Um, I do like Boston over them in maybe six games, maybe even five. Uh, Miami's played um, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks team that plays no defense, and they played Philly, who was already screwed to begin with. They weren't gonna be any any type of competition to my to Miami regardless I mean Joel Embiid made a couple games out of it but 
there was no way Philly was going to win that series regardless. Um, Miami beat two teams that they were supposed to beat. Um, their half-court offense, I don't love. I mean, it, it's not... I mean, I don't even know if I like it. I mean, the, Jimmy Butler is like the only one really who can consistently create his own shot. They're getting um, Victor Oladipo minutes, which is a godsend for them because, you know, Duncan Robinson hasn't been playing because they target him on defense. Uh, Max Struess is taking all of Duncan Robinson's minutes, and Max Struess is maybe not a great, not as good of a shooter. He doesn't get picked on on defense. He can hold his own. Gabe Vincent is taking Kyle Lowry's injured minutes because Kyle Lowry is still, I don't know if it's a hamstring or a thigh or whatever, but I mean, the, the Miami Heat, player development and scouting team is off the charts they they have probably have the best in the league um and that has to do with heat culture too i know there's the heat culture jokes and whatnot but that's a thing man they the heat culture is about making the most of your opportunity and you know even with guys like duncan robinson even tyler hero but max Struess, gabe vincent these guys bam out of bio um they're you know they're giving all the depot minutes they're giving Dwayne deadman minutes and it's effective so far and you know, as much as as weird as it to say, like Miami's in this, but I don't think they're good enough to beat Boston. I mean, Boston's beat, first of all, swept the Brooklyn Nets, who every, a lot of people thought were, you know, title contenders. I sure did. Um, beat the Bucks in seven. Boston looks like the real deal. The Warriors and the Grizzlies, the Warriors um, have moved on, and they're going to play the Dallas Mavericks, which you know, is going to be a great series, and I'm not sure who wins that series. I, I do like the Warriors, but, you know, the Mavs, you know, they're probably going to do what they did to the Suns. It, it's it's small ball versus small ball, and, you know, we're going to see Luka dominate those these smaller guards. Um, game six, Clay was back against the Grizzlies. Um, on his Instagram story, he got the Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six, and, you know, that was pretty cool. But I think the Warriors did a great job of containing the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are kind of this team that, you know, no matter what happens, it's like it's like they just make you drunk, right? They just the Grizzlies are that friend that just say like, all right, a few more shots, a few more shots. The Warriors were looking drunk at a lot of times, and you know, who's to say that the Warriors come out of this series if John Moran doesn't get injured? Because I like the Grizzlies here. They they forced the game six. Um, they kept it close for two games, which I mean, probably if. You have Morant on that team. Maybe they don't win one of the games because they're worried about, you know, you know the Warriors might have figured out that scheme already, but they could have made adjustments. But in a close game, you need your star player. You need that guy who's going to go out and get a bucket no matter what. And I think John Morant could have done that in both games. When the Warriors go on their avalanche runs, you need a superstar to just be like, F it, stop this right now. Give me the ball. I'm going to go score and put an end to this run. And then at that point, it's not a 20-2 to two run. It's like a 20-8 to eight run. And then that's something you can withstand. So I, I definitely think that Morant and the Grizzlies could have put up a better fight if they had stayed healthy. Um, I'm worried about Morant's health going forward. I mean, he's been hurt. I think he didn't play 25 games in the regular season and then got hurt again. He's got to put on some weight. He's got to figure out how to land less violently. Um, but to me, the biggest step for Morant in his career is he's got to learn how to score at all three levels. I love John Morant. I'm a huge fan. But he's he's got that floater. Of course, you know he can get to the rim. He's got these dunks, but inconsistent. But he played a lot better, or he shot a lot better from three in the second round when he was actually playing. But, you know, those pull-up mid-rangers, I, I think he needs to learn how to score at all three levels to be on that level of of Luka and Tatum. I think he's above Book already, even though Book is great at mid-range. But just in terms of being a superstar, controlling the game, all facets of the game, no weaknesses in your game, like... I think if Morant can just, you know, 
I mean, he's so fast, so people are going to be backpedaling anyways to stop him from getting to the rim. So if if he just gets that stop on a dime pull-up jumper, uh, the, the way uh, I would, I don't want to go as far as Russell Westbrook did it, but you know, Russ had that, and D-Wade had that too, like just flash, like drive as hard as you can, stop on a dime, elevate, and just pop that mid-ranger. And, you know, Russ a little bit more towards the middle of his career, towards the end of his career, starting to fall off. Um, but, you know, D-Wade-esque or... Even Derrick Rose later in his career, but just that pull-up mid-ranger um, is definitely going to help John Morant, you know, take a leap to the next level. All in all here, it's it's been an eventful, to say the least, second round. Um, just wanted to update you guys on the playoffs. I mean, we're going to have a full episode later um, in the next coming days. But, you know, it was just such an eventful game. Uh, two game sevens, such an eventful two game sevens. Even though, you know, maybe not as much drama as us basketball fans would have hoped. Um, I think it delivered in ways of, that were just more shocking, right? I, I just, again, I couldn't believe how bad the Suns were. And, like, you know, possibly this championship-level team is going to be blown up next year. And, you know, the best team beating the best player. And now Giannis is out. And, you know, it could be Luka as the best player left in the playoffs. It could be Steph Curry. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It could be Tatum. It could be Tatum. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for for me. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Basketball Hungry Podcast. Remember to stay hungry because good things come to those who hoop.